welcome to episode 19 of In The Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Montgomery County Archives in Montgomery County, Alabama. In this episode, we continue our series of influential Montgomerians. In our last episode, we discussed Abraham Mordecai, one of the earliest white settlers of Montgomery County and one of the founders of the cotton industry in the Black Belt region. In this episode, we discuss Alabama's first African-American politician, James T. Rapier. Rapier, although born in Florence, Alabama and educated in Canada, resided in Montgomery from 1868 until his death in 1883. James T. Rapier was born in Florence, Alabama on November 13, 1837 to free black parents, John and Susan Rapier. His father was a successful barber. His mother, the daughter of free blacks from Baltimore, Maryland, died four years after James was born during childbirth. After his mother's death, James Rapier's father sent him and his brother, John H. Rapier Jr., who later became a physician at the Freedman's Hospital in Washington, to live with their paternal grandmother in Nashville, Tennessee. While in Nashville, he attended school and learned to read and write. In 1853, he again moved, this time to live with his uncle in Buxton, Ontario, Canada. While there, he attended the Buxton Mission School, where he studied Latin, Greek, mathematics, and the Bible. While at Buxton, Rapier experienced a religious conversion and decided to dedicate his life to the cause of achieving civil rights. After his graduation from Buxton, Rapier attended a normal school, a school designed to train teachers, in Toronto, and was granted his teaching degree. The following year, Rapier studied abroad at the University of Glasgow in Scotland and returned to Canada to study law at Montreal College. After he was admitted to the bar, he returned to Buxton to teach until 1864. In 1864, Rapier decided to return to Nashville to attend Franklin University. Once in Nashville, Rapier worked briefly as a reporter and bought 200 acres of land in Maury County, Tennessee, becoming a rather successful planner. The next year, he gave the keynote address at the National Negro Suffrage Convention in Nashville. In 1868, Rapier returned home to Florence, Alabama to care for his father who had fallen ill. Rapier rented 550 acres of farmland where he hired African-American tenant farmers and financed low-interest loans for sharecroppers. In March of the following year, Rapier began to serve as the vice chairman of the Alabama Republican Convention and wrote his first platform, which called for labor unions, free press, and public education. He also served as a delegate to the 1867 State Constitutional Convention, where he promoted an alliance between formerly enslaved people and poor whites in order to transform the political landscape of the region. In 1868, a run-in with the Ku Klux Klan caused him to flee to Montgomery. He was the state representative at the National Negro Labor Union Convention in Washington, D.C., and was selected to be the organization's vice president. He returned to Montgomery to establish an Alabama branch of the labor union and urged the establishment of a federal agency to help freedmen acquire farmland. Rapier also owned and operated Alabama's first African-American-owned and operated newspaper, the Montgomery Republican State Sentinel. In 1869, Rapier became the first African-American to win the Republican nomination to become Alabama's Secretary of State, but lost the general election. In 1872, Rapier won the Republican nomination to become the U.S. Representative from Alabama's 2nd District. He defeated Confederate veteran and future Governor William C. Oates in the general election to become Alabama's 2nd African-American Republican Representative and member of the 43rd U.S. Congress, replacing Charles Waldron Buckley. Rapier was very active during his tenure in Congress. 
On January 5th, 1874, he introduced legislation that designated Montgomery as a federal customs collection site. Scientists allow that June, the Montgomery Port Bill was perhaps Rapier's greatest legislative achievement and significantly contributed to the city's economic growth. He also served on the Committee on Education and Labor, voted to regulate railroads, and supported increasing currency circulation. He advocated for the Civil Rights Bill of 1875, which guaranteed equal access to public accommodations for all individuals. The bill passed, but was, but was declared unconstitutional in 1883. Rapier also proposed the creation of a land bureau to help freedmen settle western lands, especially in Kansas, and sought $5 million for southern schools. When Rapier launched his campaign for re-election, he quickly noticed the atmosphere in the state had changed immensely. Racial violence and intimidation ran rampant. Ballot boxes were destroyed and stolen, bribes were taken, and mob violence resulted in more than 100 deaths. All of this resulted in Rapier losing his seat to former Confederate Major Jeremiah Williams. After his tenure in Congress in 1878, Rapier was appointed as a collector for the Internal Revenue Service in Alabama's 2nd District and fought Democratic attempts to remove him in 1882 and 1883. He also continued his work as a labor organizer, encouraging the immigration of freedmen west of the Mississippi River and purchased land in Wabansee County, Kansas to establish an African-American community. Rapier's health steadily declined in the 1880s, but he served as a dispersing officer for the federal building in Montgomery before his death from pulmonary tuberculosis on May 31, 1883. Although the Montgomery County Archives does not have any records that relate to James Rapier, we do hold records that date back to his lifetime, as we have records that date back to 1816. If you would like to view any records held by the Montgomery County Archives, please feel free to visit our website at www.mc-ala.org. Go to the Department drop-down menu and click Archives. There you can find finding aids, digital exhibits, lesson plans, and more. You can also visit the Montgomery County Archives at 101 South Lawrence Street. We're open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on weekdays. No research appointment is necessary. Be on the lookout for our next podcast in which we discuss archives or a local history related topic. This has been episode 19 of In the Stacks. Thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us next time.